Other Siders. Welcome back to the Other Side Podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Rufino, and I am here with the air filter to my purifier, Mr. Rufino. Howdy, everybody. Howdy, everybody. And last week, last week, oh my gosh, time is flying by. Um, last episode, we talked about uh, just like a little bit of fun conversation around what superstitions do you realize aren't uh, a real thing, but you still do them as an as adult. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a lot of conversation on Facebook about it. So thank you guys for participating. It was really fun to see the traditions that you still uphold based on what you learned through your family or just uh, something you heard and started doing. A lot of them I have never heard of before. And I kind of feel like maybe that's why things didn't go the way they should have. <laughs> well, my, my favorite one was the uh, left shoulder, right shoulder conversation with the salt. Yes, that, uh, you know, throwing the, sh- the salt over the shoulder is a thing. However, it's specifically throwing it over the left shoulder, and which is something that I did. And that was my thing, right? But I didn't realize that the intention was is that you're throwing salt in the devil's face when you throw it over your left shoulder. And so one of our listeners was saying, oh, my goodness, I've been throwing it on the right side this whole time. Does that mean I've been throwing salt in an angel's face? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you you know, the one that I'm very surprised that nobody put that I put at the very end was that nobody mentioned crossing their fingers and crossing their toes and like crossing their arms, wishing for something Mm. good to happen. And that was something that came up for me after reading through all of them. Um, there were a lot of funny ones. and th- You know what? I think the crossing your fingers and toes thing is so common that people don't even realize. Yeah, do. it's just a behavior that they naturally yeah. do. Um, what I really loved is the engagement that it caused because it transcended cultures. It transcended personalities. And everybody just let their guard out and started commenting and then you know somebody would say well my italian family taught me this and then someone jumped in with well in russia we grew up doing this and it it was just really nice to see the the wave of interconnection there uh so thank you guys for participating and i think what our next conversation will be for wednesday for today is um a superpower question okay So, uh, you know, there's always the question of what superpower would you want to have if you could pick out of the ones that you've seen, whether in movies, comic books that you've read about, that you've heard about, that people could have like, I don't know, flying or being able to be invisible or seeing through walls or being able to hear supersonically, things like that, right? I want to know what superpower you wish you never have. What would be like the worst superpower to have for you? Because some people might say flying would be absolutely terrible because I'm afraid of heights, right? Which I always say, you're not afraid of heights. You're afraid of falling. The height is fine. It's the falling that Mm -hmm. you're afraid of. But um, I'm really curious as to what people, you know, would like to have. And, but I'm more curious about what they're afraid of having. Yeah. Cause sometimes too much power can be uh, too much power. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you mine right off the bat. Go and for it. I'll have a confession. I'm surprised that you have one right off the bat. Well, in in this particular area, I have an advantage over most people because I'm a comic book nerd. So yeah. I know a lot of a lot of the superpowers. But the superpower that I wouldn't want to have is telepathy. I don't want to know what other people are thinking. Um, and there's a slew of reasons for that. But I just, 
I just prefer to keep, you know, the mystery. I think that I will share mine a little later in the episode. We're going to do a, a reverse thing here. I'm going to play <laughs> you on our last episode, and I'll, I'll let you guys know what mine is. And then, you know, jump on Facebook, uh, share what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear them. And now let's go into the podcast. So we named the podcast, I Don't Want to. And one of the reasons why we named it that is because I always try to tie in the reality of something we've heard, something we've talked about, or something that we're going through, always trying to just keep it current with our current situation. And honestly, today I was just like, my brain is like fried. (laughs) You know, I felt like my uh, emotions were a certain way, my stress was a certain way. And I just didn't feel that I had the energy to bring a podcast to everybody. And I've I do put that uh, perfectionism on myself of if you're not going to give it your all, then don't give it at all. Mm-hmm. And what can happen with me with that is that it becomes a trend for the next couple of days. And this is just me being blatantly honest, is that if I start a day that way or if I start that mindset, it will carry me on for the rest of the week. Well, I didn't do that one. So what's the point of doing the next one? And then what's the point of whether it's homework, whether it's cleaning, whether it's whatever it is, whatever flavor of the month I'm feeling based on where I'm at. And um, I thought about school because I have finals coming up and these are a different level of class for me where it's more is expected of you when you go for your bachelor's and more writing is expected of you because they want to hear your thoughts. They want to make sure that you have the critical thinking and that you're applying it to the subject that's there. And I had a case study that was due yesterday. Truth be told, I had four weeks to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I chose uh, the last couple of hours of yesterday to do it because I put it off. I felt intimidated by what the project was, by what I had to do. I didn't feel prepared. And so, you know, yesterday was the crunch time for it. And reading through the expectations yesterday and just breaking it down and breaking it apart into smaller pieces... I realized that it wasn't as difficult as it seemed. I had just mentally psyched myself out for it because it was something I hadn't tried before. And so tying this into what we talked about on the last podcast, we were going to talk about uh, sports specifically. Um, Not that the whole topic is going to be about sports, but just how do we get so involved in loving a team and loving the people and the players on the team that we root for them with all our might that will cancel plans just to watch the game, or we will make plans around the game and just have that much love. And so what I started doing today was watching again, a documentary on Netflix about um, Stephen Marbury and it's called a kid from Coney Island. It's fairly new. It came out last year and it talks about it, it. It brings it back to the people in his family that had kind of paved the way for him, his uncles specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know how familiar you are with the story. I wasn't familiar really with his story at all. And so each of his uh, uncles had uncles and brothers and, and all this, just family members. Let's go with family members. Everybody had a quality that they were great at when they played basketball. It was just enough to get them 
to the next point in their career, whether it was college, whether it was through high school, whether it was playing on the courts in New York City. Um, And so when Stefan was born, he played with them and adapted or adopted all those qualities. So he became very well-rounded. So in areas where they lacked, he was able to add to it because he had all the qualities from everybody in his family, right? Um, So much so that he started to get recognized, went to the right high school, blah, 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 and then eventually becomes a great (sighs) player. When you speak to his oldest, and I apologize, I don't remember if it was the uncle or the brother, but when they were speaking to him, they said that, you know, Stefan was very humble in the beginning. You know, even as a 12-year-old, he was, you could see it. He was a team player. You're, you have a reporter that you like, Stephen Smith is his name? Stephen A. Smith, yeah. Yeah. And so he speaks on this. And he said, when I went to go watch this kid, they wanted me to watch this guy, Felipe Lopez. He said, but Stephen Marbury was playing. And I was like, that's the guy you got to watch. Right? So everybody may have a focus on... what you're meant to do, who you're meant to watch, or what the outcome's supposed to be, but then you get blindsided by somebody else that just shines a little brighter, right? And so Stephen Smith said that, you know, his, Stefan's sportsmanship was very classy. He was, he was very talented growing up, and you could see that, but he also had the class to match it, and that speaks to how he was raised. And his sister primarily raised him because his mom was just tired of the kids screaming in the middle of the night and she just wanted to sleep. She, she was blatant. She was like, you know, my daughter wanted to raise him and I was just fine with that. That's no problem. And um, the sister said, and I find this in a lot of documentaries. Um, she said, I didn't know that we were poor growing up. Hmm. And I hear that quite often. I think even Michael Jordan said it. Um, I, I think in a couple of documentaries, celebrities have said that they didn't realize it because their surroundings and the people that surrounded them never made them feel that they were without. Yeah. And so I think that's a big part of building character and also the humbleness that one needs to get into a celebrity, uh, spotlight. I think that. You need a lot of confidence, but to be loved by your fans, that there's a humbleness that comes there. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there's the dark horse that comes in and everybody likes that person because they're dark. They look like they're mysterious, that they have this sort of intricate past and that sort of thing. Right. But when it comes to sports, most people are likely to root for the one that's going to take the team places and also that's going to represent the city well. Yeah, definitely. Um I don't know. I really get turned off by um, players in any sport that that want to be like, "Oh, I'm the bad boy. I want to knock the you know knock the other team senseless." Uh, me and my friends talk about it like there's no need for that. You know, like we we want to see class. We want to see. Good sportsmanship, win or lose, we want to see the handshakes and all of that, because that's really what it's about. I think it depends on the sport, right? Because if you have boxers going up and they're going for their weigh-in, you want to see that like that tension that's between them because you can't, or rather the promoters want you to see the tension between the two fighters, because then it kind of builds up to, ooh, this is going to be a good one, look, you could already feel it, that sort of thing. Until I saw two women who were part of like an MMA fighting and i i 
don't remember their names. And the one girl has a habit of trying to make the opponent laugh versus building that tension there. So like she'll go and she'll put her arms up, like how they're supposed to pose until they take the fight, the pictures or whatever. And then she'll make weird faces or like go to pretend to tickle the person in front of her and just, you know, bring into a different kind of sportsmanship where, mm-hmm. you know, after this, we're still going to be cool before this. We're still cool. We're going in to do a job. Right. And so anyway, the big point that I took away that I wanted to bring to this conversation was that as Stefan Marbury grew into fame, playing on the Knicks and things like that, one of the things his uncle said was the New Yorker started to come out then. And that's when the ego started to come out. And that's when the ego started to come out with, you know, how how big a head you can get when you reach a certain level of celebrity. And he said, and we as a family had no problem bringing him back down. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, because that's important. Um, You know, somebody wrote an article about him and he came back and he was all big headed about it in his teens. And this is prior to the Knicks. And they said, somebody just wrote about you, but you haven't done anything yet. What did you do? Like, go do your laundry if you want to do something and we'll celebrate you then. But you haven't done anything to change anything that's going on in our lives or your life. So don't don't bring that around here, little man, because, you know, we got things that we could talk about for days that we've done. And I think it's so important to have a tribe and a foundation that brings you to that place and gives you that reality check. And even when it comes to the tasks that you don't want to do or the reality check that you don't want to get, those are the people that help keep you going in the right direction, you know? And so I think about, uh, again, what I was working on yesterday and you supported me with that and making sure that I was just staying in the same place and I was going to get this done and checking in with me. And, um, Robbie had reached out to me and, you know, he had some experience with what I was working on. So he was just getting me motivated and joking with me about procrastinating. Right. And I wake up today and I got a 98 out of 100 on the first time I've done a case study. Woohoo! But this is not my magazine article. This is not where I get tooted, you know, tooting my own horn for having something on paper that I did well. What the woohoo goes for is the fact that my learnings are is that when you have something in front of you that seems daunting, you have to figure out why. And if you haven't dug into what you're supposed to be doing and you're setting your mindset up as this is going to be a nightmare, then that's exactly what it's going to be. So you like when it comes to paperwork, when it comes to a job, when it comes to taking on a task, how are you creating a mindset of I will do this, I will accomplish this and I will learn from this versus I don't want to do this not going to do this. This is stupid. I'll just take the the hit and move forward. Um, one of the things you said that struck a chord with me is having the tribe. And, you know, in, in your normal day-to-day life, it's good to have people that are close to you, that are family, that can bring you, you know, down to ground level. Um, I started thinking about who do you surround yourself with at work, you know, in business, mm-hmm. and you, you say that, uh, like your work husbands, your work wives, your work yeah, family, <laughs> and, and like, but you, you, you say often that like if there's two of me, there's no, there's no need for one of me, right? right? 
and you want people who have who have strength where you may not be as strong and not so that you can use them as a crutch but they, so you can kind of learn from them and they can learn from your strengths and you and you know iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. and it's not like a backbiting relationship but it is one that you're not afraid to check each other you're not afraid to say hey wait a minute you know people know that we roll together why have you been late lately mm-hmm. that kind of thing so you you want that kind of relationship with people around you that you're comfortable enough to hold each other accountable and that if you're going to be on this team you represent the team so what our top performer in this team does that is the minimum standard for the rest of us because we all have to grow to meet what the one is producing right and what corporations are doing now are bringing in temporary teams with that have different skill level people in there so maybe you have five people that have all different types of skill maybe it's marketing customer service you have finance you have um technical, whatever it may be. And they bring them in as consultants uh, for a short period of time to get things done quickly, to kind of just move in and and work through. I think of them almost as the antibiotic to the problem Mm, and that they could come in and that they can form this circle and kind of torpedo around the room. I think of um, the character from Looney Tunes, uh, Tasmanian Devil, and just like kind of clean up, work through, give some pointers, give some programs, give some structure, and then leave the team for uh, limitless opportunities. Hey, other siders, are you looking for the perfect decoration to adorn your home with? Or what about a seasonal wreath for your favorite holiday exactly the way that you want it? Limitless Adornments creates beautifully unique 100% custom wreaths all year round. Each wreath is handmade and custom-made to celebrate your favorite holiday, hobby, or just a place in your home. If you're interested in placing a custom order for your own personalized wreath, look up Limitless Adornments on Facebook, Instagram, and Etsy to make your perfect wreath a reality. Mention the other side to receive 10% off your first order. Welcome back. And, um... The reason that I'm introducing this half of the episode is because I don't want Tiff to get away with uh, not letting us know which superpower she wants, she, or she doesn't want to have, rather. See, I was procrastinating on that. I know. <laughs> uh, I almost want to agree with you with the whole not being able to read people's minds. Um, I think that I naturally have an ability to read the room and the audience and body language and emotions. So I I don't think that's ever going to leave me. I'm not saying I'm telepathic by any means, but um, for me, I don't want to be invisible. Mm, Okay. I don't want that ability. I don't want to be in a room that it was unnecessary for me to be in. And, uh, you know, I think it's important that when you're in the room that your presence is known. And I don't mean specifically for me. I think that if you're in a room where where business decisions are being made, a la Hamilton, right? Um, if you're meant to be there, then you're invited there. And if there's conversations going on and you're supposed to hear about it, you either 
happen to walk in accidentally or you're invited to that conversation, right? I don't want to be in a position because with the way that I think and the way that I work ethically, if I hear something I am not supposed to hear and it puts all of us in a predicament, I can't be quiet about it. And then I'm going to have to reveal how I knew about it. And then I'm going to have to talk to people about why I was invisible. And then that's going to be a whole mess. So I will say the invisibility thing is not for me. I think something that's interesting about the invisibility thing and how you described it is that it's almost the same as being telepathic in that you you end up knowing what people are thinking just in a different way because they're just because you heard it. it. Yeah. yeah. They're saying it. <laughs> yeah. So that's a that's a good one. Cool. Well, I, I am glad that you approved. This message was approved by Mr. Jeffrey Rufino. All Everybody. Right. Golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going back to a couple of things, talking about having a tribe that brings you back to reality, uh, you know, when you are having success, which is not to knock your success and not celebrate your success, but just to remind you where you came from. So you stay level headed and make level headed decisions. Uh, that's crucial. Understanding that you create the mindset that's necessary for you to accomplish a task, um, and understanding how you perceive the world, I think is, uh, something that's probably going to be a lifelong journey for all of us, each in your own individual way. And so here's the twist on this, right? I talked about my mindset and how I approached a project. And then there's a way on how people approach other people based on what they know of them and depending on their relationship with them. So let me break this down. I posted yesterday on Facebook with no context behind it. Um, which I have been doing for the past couple of days just to talk about posts and engagement, things like that. But I posted, ever sit back and realize that people you let in so close to you feel completely differently about you. Never said it was about me. I was asking a question in that sense. And there's a mix of comments, right? There's a mix of people on there from work, from friendships, from life, from family, um, What I believe it generated was the energy that the people that commented on there may have realized other people on there that they did that too. I I also noticed that um, many people posted very motivational things. Mm -hmm. So it really seemed like, I mean, I guess if, if the interpretation was that it was about you, they wanted to pull you out of that and give you something to, um, to get you you know, back up to playing ground. Yeah. Or what they're used to me um, presenting on social media, right? Because what you present sometimes isn't always what's true because you just want to keep it lighthearted. Mm-hmm. We, the majority of us learned about live journal in MySpace. So when we approach Facebook, we approach it differently. <laughs> and, you know, thinking from a business standpoint, you're what you post out there, you want to be conscientious of. Mm-hmm. And so in posting that, not only did we get the people that were positive and and giving some coaching on how to turn it around, you have the people that full heartedly agree that they felt this way. Yeah. Like, yes, yep, it's a crappy feeling. I'm just changing some words up in here. Um, and then, you know, some people are like just putting gifs, <laughs> which I totally get. And then you have the people that are offering to, you know, let's 
let's put on the masks, let's go out at night, throw on some hoops, and we'll get it taken care of, right? And so it's all different um, responses. And all of them, I love everybody for, for replying and for putting a post. It was really gathering information on, you know, when you think about it, and when you reflect back, if you're feeling this way now, then what's the tribe around you doing to support you and lift you up? And if they're not doing that, then why are they your tribe? The other thing uh, that I was going to share is that people have shared in messaging, private messaging, just different ways that they've coped with a scenario like that. More people than not have gone through a scenario where they felt like they either, uh, to put it specifically, um, one of my friends on there, Elizabeth, she put that, you know, either she gave too much emotionally, mentally, or financially to somebody. And if what they give in return doesn't match to that, then it's not an equal relationship there. And you have to just cut your losses and move forward. So <laughs> this this actually uh, strikes a chord with me because I've always been someone that puts my tribe through a trial by fire. Um, I... It, it's weird and people think I'm a little kooky for it, but I always look at the people around me or the people that sh that eventually will be in my inner circle the same way that I would look at an employee in a in like a corporation. So when I first meet somebody, they don't really get to that point quick, no matter how well we click. Because I look at it as like, this is resume time. And that's the challenge that I have is because I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. I do the meet and greets and all of a sudden you're in and we'll worry about the paperwork later. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so like, there are very few people in my, in my inner, inner circle that have like the safe codes and everything. Mm -hmm. And But those are the people that have been around longer for you. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. those, and those are also people that I know if, uh, if push comes to shove we're 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 riding and everything is going to get handled uh but also i mean you know what push comes to shove is a, is a difficult thing because if you call pretty much any anybody who's like a decent friend and you tell them that there's an emergency and it's life or death many people will respond that you wouldn't have thought would have responded but it's really when People don't have to, and you give them access to your uh, information about you or your... Do you mean responding to the post? No, I mean, like, if, if somebody had, like, if I was to tell somebody who I just like a casual acquaintance with that I maybe somebody I've worked with in the past or somebody I went to school with. And I told them, hey, this is an emergency and I need your help with this thing. If it's something that they can help with, most people, believe it or not, are, are decent. And they will say, you know what, here, I can help you in this way. Right. Whereas for people that are that you need to like, let's say you need somebody to give you advice about something that you can't talk about with anybody else, but you just want them to hold that information for you. And I don't mean like hold something illegal or anything, but just information uh, where you need advice about something, right? There are very, that's a more difficult thing mm -hmm. where you can just say, hey, 
this is happening at home, this is happening at work, where you can feel vulnerable. Right. And you know that what you're giving that person is going to be used only for what you're giving it to them for. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play a clip and I know it's not going to play the way that you would prefer it be done, but I'm going to play it anyway. And this is kind of my mentality with what a tribe should be. It's a uh, interaction between what, uh, who's the guy that, okay. <laughs> I could feel the comic, uh, anger already from your face, but in the Avengers, he's the one that really didn't have any superpowers. He just had the bow and arrow. What's his real name? Okay. His real name though. Uh, Barton. His, like, real life name. Oh. The actor's name. Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Thank you. I kept wanting to say James McAvoy, but I know that they have similar features, but that's not him. So it's uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner with Ben Affleck in the town. And so Ben Affleck is coming to meet uh, Jeremy. I need your help. I can't tell you what it is. You can never ask me about it later, and we're going to hurt some people. Whose car are we going to take? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of one of those things where you don't ask questions and you're just ready to go, right? Because you have that trust in there. And what happens, I think, with businesses is that there's when you've been with a organization for a long time, you build those relationships where you feel that that's what it is, right? They, that you do have ride or die people around you. Until it comes to a point where fear comes in, right? And so um, with that, it's the same thing with sports teams is that we get so invested. We buy their, we buy into the merchandise. We buy into the mission. We buy into the values of the team. And we buy into that they're going to make our city great. That these players, regardless of what team they're on, they're the ones that are going to represent us. And so I could walk around proudly knowing that there's at least one freaking good thing going on for the city, right? And when the lead player gets transferred and you don't know the story behind it, like we've talked about Vince Carter and what happened with the Raptors and, you know, him getting transferred, that sort of thing, how people perceive it as betrayal when it's not, it's business, right? And it goes back to one of our previous episodes, can coworkers be friends? And yes, they absolutely can be. You also have to understand that if you met them in a place of work, it doesn't always mean that that friendship will carry on outside of work once you part ways, if you should ever do that. Now, that's uh, and, and, you know, you and I both know that's not a hard and fast rule, but, you know, the expectation you have to temper your expectations for that kind of thing. And you also uh, and I know we've said this before on this show. But communication is the most important thing. Nobody can know what's in your mind unless you let it out and tell people like, hey, this is what I'm expecting from whatever. Right. And if, um, you know, like I know for myself, I tell people that I work with all the time, I define exactly what our work relationship is, how I work how I expect to be treated, how I treat other people. And then we go from there. Right. And then it gets redefined if necessary. Correct. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And if you're again, this is why I love doing podcasts with Jeff, because you can see the the differences in the approach to things, whereas I am more emotionally driven 
and I look for that connection. So I jump in uh, head first and I'm not sure if I'm jumping into ice or if I'm jumping into an uh, empty pool. And sometimes I'm filled with a lovely, wonderful pool that I jump into with a whole bunch of um, awesome people, right? But thinking about any move that you make, bringing it back to what I was talking about with doing the case study that I did, your mindset will set the tone for whatever approach you have to a new job, a current job, new policies, old policies, new friends, previous friends, friends that you still have that are your tribe that know your foundation from like day one. Um, And so how you approach those scenarios or those people or those tasks that you have to accomplish with people will determine your outcome. Now, had I done this research on the paper first and read through the instructions four weeks ago, you know, I might have done it earlier and not spent yesterday stressing about it and then thinking about planning how you and I were going to accomplish things later on. And one of the things that I had said in my podcast early on when we talked about um, like different things that we've learned and I had shared that one thing that I learned was always do yourself a favor today for tomorrow so you could thank yourself in the past. <laughs> like, thanks, past Tiffany. You did Tiffany in the future a favor. And you got to remember advice is always easier to give than to take. And so, um, and especially to take if it's unsolicited (laughs) and maybe that will be our next podcast on Friday when we talk about advice and whether it is asked for, um, and how it's received and, uh, what to do in all those occasions. So until then stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you on the other side. Don't forget to go on Facebook and, uh, comment on which superpower you would be least likely to want. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We'll see you next time on the other side enterprise.